We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you for everything that you are to us. For everything that you are by yourself. By everything you have done for us. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. For in the name of Jesus we have prayed. We thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Look to someone. Welcome them to God's presence this afternoon. Praise God. Be excited. God has a very sure word. And the entrance of the word of God brings light. And you know something that happens in the part of the world when light comes? People are happy. So if you know you're about to receive light, make sure to, you know, show that excitement and anticipation Hallelujah. of that which God Woo! is about to bring on. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We may, we may be seated in anticipation of the word. Hallelujah. So today we're, we're looking at the third installment of Abiding in Prayer. Now this series has been a very wonderful series. Um, and I believe that we all have been blessed by it so far. Learning all the things that God wants us to learn, you know, within the context of prayer. Today, we're going to be studying still on the subject of prayer, still on the theme, on the broad topic, abiding in prayer. Um, let me say this. Uh, you know, everything has a protocol to get it done or to get it into the desired state that you like. Praise God. Cooking has a protocol. You would just say, well, if I have all the ingredients, then I just turn them all in the pot and then I'll have a very wonderful meal. You'll probably have something that will be very dangerous for consumption. Hallelujah. The same ingredients, but this one produces danger to the eater. Hallelujah. Amen. So everything that God created has a protocol for its formation and a protocol for, for it to pass benefits to you. If things are done without protocol, what you will have is chaos and you will not have the desired result. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Amen. So prayer is not isolated from all of this. Prayer also has a protocol by which we engage it to get the best result from engaging in this action or avenue of prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. So today we are going to be dealing in or with the protocol of prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. We studied some tools of prayer last week. We're going to come back to that, you know, at some point. We're going to take a slight deviation into the protocol of prayer. The protocol of prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember I mentioned every single thing that God does, every system that he has, has a protocol. For example, children, there, there, there are certain protocols for formation. They cannot be altered or flouted simply because you love the child so much. You can't. You can't bypass or sidestep the growth process. It's a protocol. Hallelujah. Amen. Think about anything you do. There is a protocol for it to, for people who, for example, are into videography. You don't just, you know, carry the camera and just, you know, just start taking pictures. You probably want to set the ISO, set the aperture, you know, make sure everything is all together before you take a picture. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Or with, um, for example, 
people who are involved with um if you if you know how to drive you know that you don't just get into the car and just press the acceleration hallelujah you do some you do certain things you probably start the ignition you check your mirrors that all right you check you know there are certain protocols that you engage with before the car starts moving so if you think you know if you, you some of us you know before before now thought, you know when is to drive you just to enter and just press the acceleration and just be doing the steering you know just like this and we we were rudely surprised that you know that was not what driving <laughs> you know was about hallelujah amen so there are certain protocols and even as you begin to drive even as the car moves there are certain protocols to keep you alive within that endeavor amen you must be checking for you can't just you can't just because you can turn just turn hallelujah a trailer will carry you then also amen so within the enterprise of driving there are certain protocols that you must ensure to all every time they will not be different because you have driven for 30 years hallelujah the trailer coming at the back will not say this man has driven for 30 years my own break will no 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 do you understand there are certain things that no matter how long you have engaged an endeavor this protocol will remain the same the car wouldn't just start simply because you got it you must ignite it whether it's push to start, or it's twist to start, or it is however you want it to start, there are certain things you must do to ignite it before the car starts. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So for you to get results in any endeavor, you must be aware of the protocols that you need to engage in or engage with for that endeavor to be a success. Praise God. And now a lot of believers engage in this avenue of prayer, like getting into the car, but they are not able to get prayer to work for them, like getting the car to move, because they are not educated or schooled with respect to the protocols of prayer. Hallelujah. So that's what God wants to bring to our attention today. To teach us what protocols to engage with whenever we decide to engage this called prayer. Praise God. So how many of you guys are excited to learn the protocols of prayer? Amen. It's like a car everyone has been given. But some know how to use it and some don't know how to use it at all. Amen. Amen. But it will only make benefit for you if you know indeed how to use it. Praise God. Amen. So it's like this. This is how we, I see prayer. So everyone has this tool called prayer. But still, we have people who rely on the prayers of other people because theirs for some reason isn't just working. So they have to connect to prayer programs, prayer blogs, prayer people you know just to ensure that they, they know they understand prayer has power but just that their own prayer has not been able to generate the kind of power that they need in their own lives and situations so they have to connect to people who understand how to make prayer work to work for them but in this days the kind of people God desire you see this system is great and it's beneficial especially for the baby believers but the kind of people God desires in this day and age are not people of the old order where the priests will have to take their prayers and petitions to the holies of holies because they could not do it themselves. God desires people in this day and age that can by themselves come up to Him for themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so it says, Do not be anxious for anything but by everything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, and let your request be made known unto Him. Hallelujah. Amen. So you don't need to wait for a certain time when your man of God will come on the air before you now be like, Yes, that devil is in trouble this time hallelujah at any point in time if you understand what the man understands the protocol by which he engages prayer you as well can engage prayer and get massive mighty results hallelujah 
Amen. And like I said, this is why God wants to institutionalize in our minds the protocol of prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, you understand why we're going to do this teaching? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited to learn about the protocol of prayer? Yes, Amen. We all should be. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus' disciples had been seeing Jesus praying. They had been seeing, and, and they, they, they were seeing that his prayers were getting answers. I mean, he was, he was opening blind eyes, he was casting out devils, he was cleansing lepers, he was raising dead people back to life, he was multiplying loaves, he was doing a whole lot. He seemed invincible by all standards. And they were able to trace the results in the life and ministry of Jesus to what? His prayer. Hallelujah. Now, let me say this. We have said this times and times. I'll just reiterate it here. You cannot effectively prosecute this life without engaging sufficiently in the tool of prayer. It is, it is what gives you power. It is what gives you direction. It is what helps you prosecute life effectively. And the disciples knew it. But what they were deficient in was that they did not know how to engage prayer. Hallelujah. And so they decided to come to meet Jesus privately and say, teach us how, or teach us to pray. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they understood their deficiency, or they understood their insufficiency. They, although they desired to pray, but they did not know how to pray. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so Jesus then taught them what we all broadly refer to as what? The Lord's Prayer. Now the Lord's Prayer is not a prayer as many of us refer to it as it is the way to pray. That is, when you want to pray, this is how to engage prayer. Praise God. So the Lord's Prayer has certain pointers. Some people group them into seven. Some people more than that. But there are certain pointers that you must look at or that you must consider in dealing with prayer. And that is what Jesus pointed out to his disciples. We see this story in Luke particularly chapter 11 when the disciples came to meet him but we see the elaborate version of this prayer or the more precise version of this prayer in Matthew chapter 6 hallelujah amen, amen. so let's just look at Luke 11 it says and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray as John taught his disciples praise God so they were monitoring their sin Man, he's always praying. Early in the morning before we wake up, he's gone praying. There must be something important about this prayer. There must be something important about this level of engagement with God. And his disciple came to meet him and he said, teach me how to pray. If he said, teach me, it will mean to me that maybe it was only a personal desire. But it seems right from this statement that it was the desire of all the disciples, but only voiced by one. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I'm sure we all grew up in family. I'm not the last one. And we knew that the last ones had certain privileges. Or there are certain people, like maybe in our classes, for example, there were certain students that, you know, let me go and meet the lecturer. The test most likely has the chance of being moved. If you show your face, they may even say we should write a test now. But some people, if they, if they go there, they, they are, they are, there are chances that maybe the test that was meant to hold tomorrow can maybe hold next month. Or they can even give you, you know, assignments to go and do. Hallelujah. And there were certain of our siblings, you know, beforehand, you know, we go when, you know, that they ask daddy for something. So we said, as daddy's going, I'm asking for ice cream, I'm asking, asking. So it is our request. 
but it is boiled through. So he said, Daddy, where you are going to buy ice cream for? Hallelujah. Now, do you understand the context within which the disciple of Jesus made to him to teach us how to pray? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So we're about to learn what Jesus taught his disciples. Where is the... Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So can we turn to Matthew chapter 6? And let's see the Matthian account of, of the protocol of prayer. Remember, if you, if you, if you start off in the morning and they say, oh, Father, who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. Well, it's more like a recitation, right? This recitation is to point you out to know exactly what to do the moment you come praying. Praise God. Amen. Matthew 9, Matthew 6, verse 9. Jesus said that after this manner. He didn't say pray this. He didn't say say this. He said after this manner. Pray. Can we see that? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. I'm reading particularly the KJV. He says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. Can you see that? He didn't say this is the words to use when you are. Prayer is not incantation. Hope you know. Uh, prayer is not a recitation. It's incantation that they will tell you in the morning when you wake up, say this seven times. Then say this one nine times. No, 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 no. Prayer is not that. Because the Bible says the prayer of the effectual, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man makes much power available and it is dynamic in its workings or in its operation. So if prayer was an incantation, it means you have to recite so many incantations because if you have very many problems, you have to recite different incantations for the different problems you have. But well, that is not it with prayer. But irrespective of what you are praying for, there is a protocol to engage prayer. Amen. Amen. So if your prayer has not taken full effect in terms of its working ability, it may be because one of these items contained in this protocol is missing. Now let me say this. If you are solving a mathematical equation and you have been given certain factors and variables and you do not take all of them into consideration, it is entirely sure that the final outcome of your, of, your, of your solving will not be correct. Do you understand? If, for example, let me give a simple one. 2 plus 2 minus 2. If you do only 2 plus 2, your answer will be 4. But if the correct answer... Now, 2 plus 2 minus 2 is what? Exactly. So if you only countenance 2 plus 2 and you, take, you do not countenance minus 2, your answer will be different from the answer expected for them to give you the vetting. So it's not only good, it's not, it's not sufficient enough that you have countenance one or two items within the protocol. It is indeed important that you countenance every single item that is couched within the broad protocol of prayer. Praise God. Now I know that a lot of people don't like anything that involves protocols. We just, we think God is in you. It says, Praise God. Paul was saying to the Corinthians, he says, therefore, let everything be done decently and in an orderly manner. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And we say it in the book of Habakkuk. He says, the Lord is in the holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent for him. You see, God is a God of order. He didn't just say, there are 31 beasts in the temple today and tomorrow there will be 40. No, no, no. We know the precise number of beasts, four beasts. We know the precise number of elders. We know, do you understand? With God, God is a God of order. The, the day Jesus was to die was the time he was to die 
Hallelujah. Certain times, certain, it's, the Bible says that when the time was fully come, God sent his son. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 There is a time that has been appointed by the Father to judge the world. God is not the God who just, you know, because we, we have learned, we have learned in chaos and in disorder. And so we think everything is in that way. We just as or you you, you you have lived as you please. You have been the God to yourself. So it's, it's the time you want to wake up, you wake up. It's the time you want to. But the moment you start dealing with another person, you have to deal with the person on the person's terms. Especially when the person is superior, no longer on your terms. Hallelujah. So it's not just eh, me, I just, I shall, when, I, when I want to, I just, I just, it's, it's as you do me, that's how I separate. Uh, it's as you do you, that's how you get the results too. Hallelujah. The moment you, you, you are dealing with another person or with the system of another territory, you have to be conversant with how that system operates. Praise God. In Nigeria, you can drive for 10 years without driver's license. Don't try it outside. You'll be caught. They'll deport you. Because that system doesn't favor that kind of indolence. Do you understand? So in your own local, maybe in your, in your village, when, when, your, when your ancestors were praying to their own local gods, they come and they kick stones and they do, they, they just behave anyhow before the local God. Now you have come to the God of heaven. Hallelujah. His system is different. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to deal now, I'm just trying to set the background so we'll understand exactly why this is important and why we must get it right in order for us to get our prayers answered. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now it says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. First is our Father. Praise God. Now, when you come to God, the person whom you pray to, or the dimension of God that you commune with in the place of prayer is the dimension of God as Father. Praise God. That is the primary dimension of your interaction. Amen. So you must come to Him knowing that He's your Father. He's not just God, but He's God who is your Father. Because you know, many people believe or come to God as God. And because of that deficiency in knowledge, they do not believe they can receive from Him even things they do not deserve. If a child goes to his father and says, Daddy, buy me ice cream when you are coming back, the child is not making that request because the child helped the father make one million last year. Do you understand? He's making that request because of his understanding of who he's making the request to. Because he knows that he has a responsibility for me as my... Do you understand? So when you speak to God in prayer, the first understanding you must have is that the one you are speaking to is your father although he's god we don't take that away although he's king that's very important to know but the person whom you are speaking to in prayer the dimension of god you are communing with when you pray is the dimension of god as father and if this understanding is lacking it is most certain that you know some of your requests will come very you know you will you, you will make them doubting you will make them you know fearfully praise god when jesus went before the turn of lazarus says father i thank you for you will always hear me praise god hallelujah, hallelujah. you see in the life of jesus when he was praying he prayed to the father 
is God to the world, also to you. He's king of the world, also of you. But he's father to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And it says, our father, who art where? In heaven. Now, we all know and we understand that God is omniscient. You also know that the Bible was not written in English. This prayer was said in Aramaic, translated to Greek, further translated to Latin, before English came. In fact, the time they were speaking Aramaic, there was nothing like English in the world. Praise God. There's history. Now, I'm trying to say this to also put a background that also English as a language is very insufficient in its expressions of the originals. So you will have to understand what was said originally and try to convey it in a, in, a, in a language that is most relevant. Now, when the King James was written, it was, it was written in the, 16, in the 17th century, praise God. Now, English as a language too was also just new and developing. There were not very many words for use. Praise God. But let's, let's explain this. Our Father who art in heaven. Now, where is the realm that you are praying to? Do you understand? The person you are praying to is Father. But where is he? Where? So it means that the protocols of heaven in prayer must now be countenance. Even though he's your Father, he's where? In heaven. Hallelujah. So you can't pray to him as though he were on the earth. Hallelujah. And that's why, for example, you have to ask for things that you want. Not because God, who is omniscient, doesn't know, but the dimension of God in heaven needs to be made aware. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to do a very massive breakdown of the Godhead or the personality of God, but just understand that God is referred to in Ephesians 1 as the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. He can assume different postures for time, different personalities for time, depending on his dealing with you. He can manifest himself to you as healer. They have captured his name as Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. Hallelujah. He can come as God our righteousness. He can come as God our rock. He can come, do you understand? And these different dimensions or manifestations of God come with different implications. For example, God our healer is not God our savior. Do you understand? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Different dimensions for different operations. Different protocols at work with each of them. When the rapper dimension of God was working at the pool, where the man was for, for 38 years, the instruction of the protocol for getting healed was, whoever will come into the pool will get completely healed and whole. But when Jesus, our Savior, when God, our Savior, manifested on the earth, the protocol was suspended because there is a difference with the dealings of God as Rapha and the dealings of God as Savior. Because God as Savior will understand your infirmity as Rapha, he just he has told you how to get you. Do you understand? Now, in dealing with God, our Father, you must also understand the protocols for this dimension of God that is operational. Our Father who art where? In heaven. God everywhere. Our Father is where? Heaven. Praise God. So, um, just to give a practical um, example of this. 
uh, when you are going to the villa, let me say you're going to Asio Villa, you won't just say, my father is the president, open all the gates for me. No, no, no. There are certain security checks that even you, although you are the president's kindred, will have to be subject to. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the president. You are not the president. You are only affiliated to him. Yes, there are certain rights and privileges that will be accorded to you because you have an association with him. But there are certain protocols that will not be wired simply because of your relationship with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, one of the very first things that you must do the moment you come to God is to worship and to exalt Him and to recognize the dimension of His operation. Now, the word there, I want to say a word and please bear with me. The fullness of God was captured in one name. Now, every other name of God captures dimensions of His personality, dimensions of His operation. But the fullness of God, meaning, say for example, names like Rapha, God our healer, names like Sikenu, God our righteousness, names like, you know, Elohim, the pluralistic form of God, all capture different dimensions of the existence and operation of God. But there is a name which you are all aware of that captures the entirety of God, meaning not just a part of his operation or not just an aspect of his being, but the entirety of the one who is called God. Hallelujah. The word Elohim means, is the, is the plural form of God, meaning God in. Hallelujah. So the word, for example, Elohim was the word used from Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 5. Let us make man. So it was the entirety of God acting as different entities. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit acting individually but in togetherness or in unity. Praise God. But when the fullness of God wants to act, the name that the fullness of God then is referred to is the name Yahweh. Now, the Jews did not pronounce that name. It was called the unpronounceable name of God. Now, understand, when Jesus was teaching, he was teaching to a Jewish audience. Hallelujah. So, he already understands that they, understand, that they know what he's referring to when he says, Hallowed be your name. They never pronounced that name. It was called the unpronounceable name of God. It was, it was counted as too holy. Like, one man should not be able to call the fullness of God in one name. Hallelujah. So even the scribes, before they wrote that name down, they'll have to go and cleanse themselves. Check this out, I'm saying. They'll have to go and cleanse themselves just because you cannot have impurity rest inside of you before you write. They can't say the name. So if they want to refer to God by the name Yahweh to you, they'll say the name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The name is called the Tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton means the unpronounceable name of God. Hallelujah. Please, if you have internet, just check Tetragrammaton. Have you seen it? Hallelujah. If they want to write this name, they want to call God by this name, the scribes who will write this name, anytime you see the, the name Yahweh in the Bible, know that the scribes before they wrote that name have to go and ceremonially cleanse themselves. Ceremonial cleansing is a lot. I don't want to even delve into the intricacies of ceremonial cleansing. You, you will wash every you will wash hallelujah and you will abstain from many things just to write this name they never so when when jesus said hallowed be your name what he was referring to was the fullness of god that you must exalt you must acknowledge 
Everything you want from God is captured within one of the expressions of his name. The moment you come to him as Yahweh, there is nothing that can be denied of you the moment you do that. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So one of the very first protocols to observe when coming to God is to recognize who he is, recognize his name, the fullness of him, him, his person, recognize as well that you must come with an attitude of worship. You have not come to your mate. You have come to the king of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You have come to the judge of all. You have come to God who sits and throne in heaven. He has no challenger. You can come to your friend and just say, Hey, God, how far? Yeah. But you can't do that with God. Do you understand? Yes, Jesus worshipped God. Who are you not to worship him? Many people just come to God as rascals. And as they come, the angels are just blocking. So you are, you are talking, let me hear what you are saying. You are just talking, talking, talking. The angels are saying, this one can't get to me. Because if he gets to God, if he doesn't smite him now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Because we have, we have, we have, we have a lot of rascal believers. And that's why we have very rascal, rascal, um, um, what will I say now? Outcomes. The outcomes of many of our lives are rascally. You just no head, no tail, because we, we treat God as if God has no, as if God is like one of us. Hallelujah. You must know how to engage Him. The kings in our village, when before someone comes to their palace to meet him, you just want to greet him. For example, in Yoruba culture, you will come from outside, they are shouting, God bless you. They are singing all his Ricky, declaring all his praises, jumping, shouting, doing all of that just to entreat the king to them. Just to let the, them know. And so anyone who sees them knows that they are going to they will start shouting and singing from their houses long before they get to the king's palace. So everyone who sees them knows exactly who they are going to meet and where they are going to. Praise God. You don't see a man then, I'm just saying, Europe, I'm sure it, 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 it probably has a similarity with other cost, um, cultures and customs. The moment they just start making an approach to the king, and you can't go to the king sad and just revealing to morose and down, you must go with excitement. Hallelujah. And that's why the psalmist says, someone who knew God's heart, someone who knew how to get things, even when he committed, he committed more than most kings, yet he was still called a man after God's heart because he understood the mystery. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And he's caught with even an angry man. The moment you start laughing, the angry man will start laughing too. Hallelujah. Enter his presence to his gate with thanksgiving and he's caught with praise. So the moment you, you begin to engage the end of all enterprise of prayer, see. Let me say something. You probably start thinking, but it's nothing in my life to be thankful for. That you are alive is a reason to, to be thankful. Yes, sir. And praise is 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 not a factor of who you are, what things have been done for you. It's all a factor of who whom God is. Hallelujah. Yes, so He's holy. That is who He is. He doesn't have to deal with you. He's righteous. He's faithful. Even if you're unfaithful, He still remains faithful. Yes, Hallelujah. So when you praise Him, you praise Him for who He is. Praise the function of who he is, thanks to the function of what he has done. So although you can enter his gates, the gate of his palace, with thanksgiving, his courts, you get there with what? Praise. Two different things. 
So if you are just a Christian who wants to wait for what God has done to first thank him, you will just be within the gates. The inner court where things really happen, where you indeed get to see him and meet him and communion with him, you get there by what? Praise. Hallelujah. So our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The fact that you are a child doesn't take away or obviate or negate this principle. So if you really want him to hear you, if you really want to have fellowship with him, if you really want to request to be heard, this is, you know, so when, 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 for example, Paul was speaking in Philippians 14, he says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your request be known unto him. He, he, he says that with an understanding that the people whom he's talking to understand what prayer means. Do you understand? But in everything by prayer, meaning that if I say by prayer, you understand that to pray, you would have to do, do you understand? You will have to reckon that the one you are praying to is Father. You will have to reckon that He is in heaven. You will have to reckon that you are, you are hallowing and you are exalting His name, the fullness of God in everything. Now, if it is in sickness, it is only the name Rafa, for example, that will answer. But when you call Him the God, the fullness of Him, anything, you understand? So when Paul says in everything, he reckons that you are praying to the God who is the fullness of everything. Hallelujah. Now this as well. Says our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The next thing he goes on to say is what? Your kingdom come. Now this is very, very important because uh, many believers think God is their the man in the canteen who gives them what they need or I don't know their servant or something I don't know we just have different assumptions of God we forget that although he's our father he's still a king hallelujah and he's concerned about his kingdom which you are part of so the wealth of the kingdom will also mean your own welfare too hallelujah now let me say a few things on this matter when when you when would you say God's kingdom has come to a place? There are three signs: righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah! You all familiar with that scripture? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when you lean your voice to God to pray concerning his kingdom, remember it is a pattern. It is not just a statement. It is a pattern to pray. Meaning you are concerned about the reigning or the establishment of righteousness in the domain where you are of peace and of joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So when you begin to engage God and you're saying your kingdom come, what you are saying in essence is that righteousness comes. Now, righteousness cannot be gotten devoid of the one who gives it. Hallelujah. Peace. Who is the Prince of Peace? Jesus. Joy in whom? The Holy Ghost. Literally, you're almost saying, let the fullness of God tabernacle in this place. Hallelujah. So, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, that is the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, who rules? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the people, 
must experience the fullness of God in righteousness, in peace, and in joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So with respect to the kingdom, you know what you are saying when you begin to pray in this manner. He says, in this manner, therefore, pray. So when you come to him, you must first be concerned about his needs. What are the things? Remember, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. And you were not just bought. You don't buy a thing you don't need. You were valuable and that is why he purchased you unto himself. Remember, let's even start from the beginning. You were created because God had a need for man on the earth. We sold ourselves in the devil. He purchased us back with his blood. To restore us into that which he initially ordained our lives to be from the outset. Hallelujah. So when you come to him, you must come to him with that in mind. Now let me say this. When man was created, man was not created with a lot of needs, I say, because everything that man needed for survival was put in the place where he was created. So now we say, for example, that the Lord's Prayer is divided into two broad parts, and that's true. Your need is God's needs, and coming to that, and coming to that. But you must understand that when God created man, and also, as we learned in our first installment, and the second one, created this avenue of prayer, he didn't create it primarily as a result of needs. He created it for his purposes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says in Amos 3, verse 7, or first Amos 3, it says two cannot walk together except they agree. Right? Now the Bible says as well in Genesis 1, when God created man, it says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, everything that puts on the ground, over all the earth. So God relinquished dominion on the earth to who? Man. And that's why the psalmist says, for example, the heavens, even the heavens of the heavens is the Lord's, but the earth he has given to who? The sons of men to rule. Now, we cannot walk together with God except we are first in what? Agreement. And one of the ways to validly strike an agreement is verbal. Hallelujah. Saying, for example, I agree. And that's why even God, upon all the promises he has made concerning you, although they are yes in him, they are so let it be must be said by him. 2 Corinthians 1. This for all the promises of God concerning us are yes in Christ. But the amen, the answer, let it be, the agreement of that must be said by you. He cannot superimpose his will on you, even if his will is to heal you, to make you prosperous. He cannot superimpose that on you. You will have to say the amen to it. Now, although he desires to see his kingdom come in the domain or in the terrain where you operate, you will have to agree because you are a king there. Do you understand? He has made us kings and priests unto our God that we shall reign on the earth. So the kingdom of our, or the, the domain or the territory of our operation, our rulership is the earth. And now, the king in heaven will not superimpose his desires for the kingdom on the earth except the king of the earth agrees. So when you say your kingdom come, you are saying let all that is within your kingdom come to the realm or to the space of my own governance. Do you understand? And people must learn to say this. People must learn to pray in this manner. Otherwise, it will be all the anarchy and chaos of the devil that you experience within your domain. Praise God. 
Mm. You know, people say, for example, the devil is the god of the world, so we must all experience chaos and anarchy. No, it doesn't have to be so. Everything Adam lost at the fall, everything Adam lost, now hear this, everything Adam lost at the fall, God restored by virtue of his death and resurrection. Do you understand? Because we only think it is only life, long life, for example, that God, or Zoe life, that God gave us by virtue of his death. Everything, including the dominion that I'm lost. So the devil is an illegal occupant. Do you understand? We must be able to put him to flight. Because now all power and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus and he gave that to us. Hallelujah. Because undoubtedly the devil had, had had taken authority and power on the earth. But now when Jesus came and when he did his work, he said, Now all power and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Philippians the Bible says that at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory of the Father in heaven, on earth, even beneath the earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it is not enough to say that, oh well, so Adam has lost everything. So we'll just have to wait in the sweet by and by till we get to heaven to enjoy the kingdom of God. No. The kingdom of God can come on the earth. Jesus said say to them, if I, by the finger of God, do these things among you, it means that the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God has come to you. Do you understand? So the kingdom of God can come on the earth. That's why we pray this prayer. Your kingdom come. Then the next thing is your will be done. You know, many times we think God is one old grandpa somewhere who doesn't have any will. Or who is so disconnected from the things that so we just think it's all our will. But no, we have a will. And you can find out what that will is. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5. You can find out what pleases him. You can find out what his will is so that you do not walk as fools, but you walk as wise. You walk circumspectly. Hallelujah. He says in Ephesians 5, he says, Now find out or know what the will of the Lord is. You can know. Romans 12, it says that, Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to know, you will be able to test and approve what that God's good will is, His perfect and His pleasing will. So you can know what the will of the Lord is how? By the renewing or by the transformation of your mind. Hallelujah. So God has a will. And so when you say your will be done, you are not just saying that verbally without understanding what that will is, but knowing exactly what the will is. When Jesus said, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but your will, Jesus understood exactly what the will of the Father was for him. You know, many believers say, eh, I've done, I, I, for example, you are, you are going into marriage, say, well, I've told God, Lord, Lord, let your will be done. Why you don't understand what the will of the Lord is, how will you be able to partner with him to effect his will? So you are going with the wrong person. Lord, I, I, I would have told God, God, let it will be done. You are making your move. How do you want it to be? Do you understand that you are suffering on this earth? And the exercise of God's control and dominion over you will be dependent on how much you let him. So when you want to say, Lord, let your will be done, it is having understood what the will of the Lord was. You see, if Jesus did not know what the will of the Lord was and he was to be crucified, he said, don't you know I have to have to call 12,000 million angels now? He could, he was God, remember. 
but he knew what God's will was and that's why he was able to partner with God even till death death on the cross praise God so when, when you say in prayer for example Lord let your will be done you're saying that with an understanding of what the will is and as a commitment to partner with him for the fruition of the full manifestation of his will so firstly you must find out what the will of the Lord is and next you make a pledge in prayer to partner with him to ensure that his will is done on the earth hallelujah so when Jesus said like I said let your will be done he said that prayer with understanding and with with the full understanding also of the implication of what that statement meant to him hallelujah nevertheless not my will but your will be done so we have come on this earth to partner with God let me say this we are priests and kings now when we pray typically we assume either one or all of these three positions or identities sons and daughters that is children sons and daughters come on what's her you understand what I'm saying? The next is kings. The next is priests. We are either children or kings or priests. Now, what the children will do will be to ask, for example, make requests and stuff. What the kings will do will be to exercise rulership and dominion. For example, decree a thing and it shall be what established. It is kings who can make decrees. Priests don't make decrees. Kings make decrees. Children don't make decrees. Kings make decrees. Hallelujah. So for, for us to be able to make decrees on the earth, God made us what? Kings. The Bible says, where the word of the king is, there is what power. So, in order for your word to have power, you were made what a king. Now, what God will do when you are when you are to press a king is that He will reveal certain things to you for you to decree them so that they can be established. Now, as a priest, you interface between God and men. Hallelujah. Basically, you do the work of an intercessor as a priest. Hallelujah. So you, you find out what is in the heart of God, you find out what is it for men, you are the middleman, you are the intermediary between God and men. Hallelujah. And that is what we do when we stand in the position of priesthood. Now I'm saying this to say that when we pray, let your will be done. We are praying this prayer in either of these three capacities. As a child, for me, let your will be done. For the territory I occupy, let your will be done. For the people I'm interfacing on the behalf of, let your will be what? Be done. Do you understand? One of the best prayers to pray for your life is, Lord, let your will be done. It's like a prayer of agreement. So let your will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. The word says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled. In where? In heaven. In the heavens, there is no one who is. God is the final authority there. In the earth, God through us will exercise his dominion. So although the word is settled in the heavens concerning you, concerning the domains, concerning all the people, but we, we must partner with him to settle his word on the earth. So when you go pray, make an inquiry. Lord, what is your will on this matter? then begin to make utterances as kings and as priests. Hallelujah. In your life, Lord, what is the will in this situation? Should I go ahead with this relationship? Oh, no. 
okay, Lord, let your will be done. Now, do you understand the context of which you say, let your will be done? Yeah. Lord, I don't see, I mean, I plan to marry an evil guy. This one is how Sam. I don't even understand what you say. say God say, go. Say, God. 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 Okay, let your will be done. It's not that easy. Yeah. No, it's not that straightforward. Yeah. You, 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 will, you will go back again. You will go back again to God. I say, it's still enough to marry him. <laughs> Hallelujah. For you to even Jesus, Jesus prayed faith as God. If it's your will, I mean, let this. Do you understand? So I will, I, I will, I will not be completely honest to say that every time some decisions will, you will, you will, you will say, Lord, let your will be done. But the moment you can come to this point, you are, you are a powerful man in prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah! I mean, you have surrendered your will. You have surrendered yourself. You have died to self. Hallelujah! Amen. Hallelujah! You see, when you go to court, for example, you remember entering into his into his gate with thanksgiving, entering into his what his court with with grace. Now, let me say this. Let me use the court scenario. My mom sits on the bench, right? I can't just go to court. I just enter the court like this. And say, hey, mom, see, well I just say, I should come and help. You will come to court. You will bow. She's my mom. It doesn't mean I will do any differently. My phone cannot ring the court, sir. They will carry you out. Do you understand? She's my mom, but there are people who are there to protect her interests, same as there are angels there. Remember, who carries the prayers of sin? Angels. Ah, you think God comes and receives himself? God comes to receive praise, prayers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So the angel said, what's this one doing? I beg, let's just be done down, let's just take a prayer here. Yeah, when I go to that person, who knows what to do? If the angels are not, God sent an angel to Zacharias. <laughs> Zacharias would say, he said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of the Lord. I've brought this word from God, and you have not believed me. Because of this, say he stop you like, you will not be able to speak again until this child is born. Angels have that kind of power. Uh, do you? An angel would have smote Balaam dead on his own accord. You don't know. It was the message of God that was making the donkey to turn away. God had to intervene for Balaam because he knew that if I give Balaam to this angel, this guy is gone. Angel told Balaam, you would have been surely dead. As in, there's no two ways about it. Angels have will. They, 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 are, they, are, they are designed. See, it, is, it is the grace and message of God that cover us in many of these things. Because if it was just left to the angels, Somebody is, is, is passing God. The, the, the angel would have, he would have destroyed it. Hallelujah. God is Hallelujah. Read Revelations. When the angels are released, they know exactly what to do. Nobody is telling them anything. And I saw an angel and he appeared. And he did this one and he did. God told them an angel, but please stop so that you will not kill all. Have you read that before? Stop so that there will still be a little harvest left on the earth for the inhabitants. Because the angel, his own was supposed and destroy everything. Now, remember the angel of death when the angel was coming from the Lord. The Lord had to spare the people, the children of Israel, with the blood, otherwise they would have been killed. He told them, anyone upon whose house this blood is not, you will be devoured together with them. This is my only sign of redemption because this angel has come with the, he's, he's an angel that comes to reap the first. Now let me say something. Everyone born as the first from their fathers or mothers are God's properties. They belong to God. Hallelujah. 
And rightly by that, when, when you say you devote a thing to God, what that means literally is that you sacrifice to God. Now, there's an angel that has an assignment of man and beast. Everything that opens the womb, the first fruit of everything belongs to God. Now, what that angel went to do simply was to go and harvest God's things back to him. Did you understand? That's what the angel was. So, so when the angel went, he was not. He, he went to go and make returns. He went to go and do his own assignment, and he was doing it indiscriminately. So whether your name is your name, sure, your name is Jew or your name is Israel, it would not have changed anything. So God's redemptive plan, because He understands how angel operates, is to say to them, put a blood. What that will mean to the angel when he comes is that I have already killed or taken or ripped from this house. Do you understand? Hallelujah. And so, when you pray, you must understand the realm that you deal with. The courts of heaven is a very legalistic realm. It's not just, is it? Enter into his courts. Courts. Proceedings go on there. Things happen. Legislations are made. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So you can't just go there without knowing that even within the courts, there are certain protocols. When the elders are dead, they are casting their crowns, they are bowing down, they are singing his praise. The angels will stand by him doing the same thing. The cherubs and the seraphs, all of them. So how would you just come as a rascal just doing differently? Hallelujah. I know many people may not like this, but truly, if you want your prayers to be answered, otherwise the angels will stand guard and they say, no, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do it. Hallelujah. Amen. So when 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 a judge delivers a judgment, whether you like the judgment or not, how do you respond? As the court pleases. Ah, they see they just sent your client to one hundred years imprisonment, and they call you a rascal lawyer. This is my judgment. You must say it, otherwise you are in contempt of. As the court pleases. Whether you like the judgment or if you go and do otherwise than the court has said, they will hold you in contempt. And you understand? You would have been trespassing. Either in Fashe Korea or ex Fashe, you would have been sorry to all among vast of you. Have you been to that content in the face of court or content out of the face of court? Praise God. Hallelujah. So we must come to the place in our prayer life where we are able to say rightly to God, ask. You please would let your will be done. On earth, even as it is in heaven. Next you say, give us the day of daily bread. You know, for a long time, I did think as well that this meant daily provision for food and for clothing and all of these things. But when you read the original text, remember the, the history, English was written, for example, in or the Bible wasn't written in English, it was written this statement or this prayer was made in Aramaic and was then translated to Greek and then the Latin Vulgate came over and then English as a developing language then came and that's why we have what we have. And the King James Version which I'm reading was written in the 17th century when English was, you know, just then a major language in operation. So there are very word, many words that were not able to come in its original sense from the speaker to the eventual writing of the Bible in English. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, so because of that language or translation gap, I did think, as well as many of us did think, that give us this daily bread means give us food. 
But when you juxtapose this, for example, with Matthew, it says your father already knows what you need before you even make a request. It shows that God's concern was beyond food. Now think about this, John 4. Jesus said, my meat or my food, my bread is to do the work of him who sent me and to what? Finish it. He says, I'm the, I'm the what? I'm the bread of life. John 6. Hallelujah. So when you begin to read and you juxtapose it, because scripture must answer to scripture, precept upon precept, line upon line. You can't stand alone. Praise God. You then see that beyond just food, which is also a valid request you can make to God, hallelujah, you're also saying to him, what is my daily assignment? What is my daily task? What am I to do for you today? Hallelujah. What is the errand you are sending me for? Jesus said, John, for I must do the work of him who sent me and what? Finish it. So it's, don't you say it's four months and the harvest? There is a time for everything. So when he says, give us our day, nice comment when no man can. Meaning it is within the context of day that there is day and night. Do you understand? So when he says, give us our daily bread, what is the assignment for today? So when Jesus woke up long before it was done to pray, he went to go and receive the manuals for the day. So he would know, okay, you are going to pass through Samaria. Now I need the gospel to enter in Samaria. You have to meet someone. Do you understand? And that's why when Jesus the Bible says there was a need that he would go through where he had a need to go through. Now, if there was that the only village he could pass through? No. And that's why the Bible had to say that he, he had to go through. Because within the context of his manual for that day, Samaria was in view. So you can't just leave your thoughts, okay, today, because I never have plans for today. Ah, you, you may not have plans, and that's good, but God has plans for your day. So you have to live knowing that God has a desire for you per day. So when you say give us our daily bread, it is what is the assignment for today? What is that meat I am to eat today? My meat is to do the work of him who sent me. So when you say give us our daily bread, you are saying give us my the daily apportionment of the work for you. Hallelujah. Give us our daily bread. Your heavenly father knows that you need food and clothes and all those things. He knows that already. It's not a problem to him. So don't worry about that. Hallelujah. Meeting your needs, providing for you, that is within his prerogative to, to do for you as a father. Do you understand? He's, that you are covered in that regard. So don't bother. Look at the lilies. Look at the birds. The examples he gave. Even as much as you love yourself, you don't know how many hairs are on your head. But the very hairs on your head are numbered by him. Number meaning number. Do you understand what you have to number it in? Hallelujah. Now, upon you love yourself so much, you don't know how many hairs are on your head. Who knows? Who can even give an estimate? And you even try. Maybe you can estimate between 200. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he loves you so much to be so meticulous to know exactly how many hairs are on your head. But his concern now is that you now do his bidding. Jesus said, it is my desire to do his work. It is no, I have come to do your will as it has been written concerning me in the volumes of the books. So he didn't just come thinking, I've come now ahead. So I feel like I feel like praying today. I feel like no 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 no. Everything he did, he did in response to the will of God. 
When it was time to heal, he went healing. When it was time to pray, he went praying. When it was time to be led into the wilderness, although who wants to go to the wilderness? No one. But it was important. When it was time for him to be baptized by John, he went. Do you understand? So he lived his life every single day in response to the will of God, getting his daily bread from him to know exactly what to do. You cannot live your life anywhere else or in any other fashion and expect to receive maximally from God. <laughs> so, when he went before the tomb of Lazarus, did you hear him praying any prayer? What he said was, Father, I thank you that you will always hear me because before that, that time, before that encounter, before the tomb of Lazarus, there were already interactions with God. And then God told him, today is the day you are going to heal Lazarus. Was it on the day Lazarus died that he was told? No. He was told before. But God had in his calendar that within that time is when I will reveal you to them as a resurrection and the life. Do you understand? So within the ambit of that calendar, the time his sisters informed him that Lazarus' friend is, 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 is sick, if he, if he went, he would have been going astray, he would have been trespassing, he would have been doing something different from what he was meant to do. When Lazarus was dead three days was when eventually he was permitted to go. So that he will be revealed to them as what? The resurrection and the life. There are certain dimensions of God he wants to communicate to people. But that comes, or that is communicated fully. When you, the vessel through whom he will communicate that, responds to him a time, a day. When your obedience is not occasional, but fully. Jesus knew the kind of responsibility he would commit to. Or God knew the kind of responsibility he would commit to Jesus. Same as Jesus knew the kind of responsibility he would commit to us. And for you to be committed with more responsibilities, you must prove faithful in little. If you are faithful with little, who will entrust much to you? It was when the one who was given five talents gained ten talents that ten more talents were entrusted to him. Do you understand? He was faithful with five talents. He got in return ten cities or ten talents more, depending on whether it's looking at you or looking at. Praise God. So we say, Lord, we want more. We want more of you. We want more of your pride. The presence of God you have had with you. How much of that have you been Lord, I want to hear you more. The small voice you have been hearing past today. Pray now. How much of that have you been faithful with? You want to hear and speak to you with an only voice. The little one you have been hearing. What have you been doing with it? God, I, I will do for your kingdom. I will give the, uh, the, the 20,000 you have. How much of that have you, have you given? Hallelujah. Lord, you know, oh, oh, if you can give me, if I can be president of Nigeria now, mm. I will use my political office to, in, in the space you are operating as store manager, what, what, what have you done for God? What have you done for him there? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So you want him to entrust much to you, you must be faithful with what? Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. So God could entrust his life to Jesus because he was faithful. The Bible says concerning Jesus, as a son who was faithful in all God's house. Hallelujah. And God is also looking for faithful men and women to entrust large deposits of his person to them. If God is not certain about your representation of him, he won't entrust much to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 
it comes to it comes to take stock. It comes to to take stock, and he won't tell you when it's coming, but he will come. And when he comes, he wants to see progress. And if he doesn't see progress, that's not great enough. We know the parable. We know the parable already. Hallelujah. Amen. So we must be very deliberate. Give us the day deliberate. We must be very, very, very deliberate to ensure that every day you receive from God what He wants to do with you. And that is how every day will be productive for you. You wake up, you just wait. But the last week, what have I ever done, sir? You are waking up today thinking today is Thursday because you have not, you have not done anything no. all the other days. <laughs> Hallelujah. For every day to make sense to you, you must receive an apportionment from God for that day. Otherwise, even if even if you did a whole lot, it would be vanity because without him you can do nothing. So you you thought you you did a whole lot that day. You did it in, in heaven. There is no record. You you didn't even exist that day. Teach us to what number of days that we may have Listen. When your days are, when you know that your days are numbered, today is day one, tomorrow is day two, tomorrow is day three, you will know that I must do something today one, I must. Otherwise, you will walk as a fool. Paul says, therefore, know what the will of the Lord is. Do not, therefore, let us walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, but redeeming the time for the days. Are you? Still the context of the days. So give us this day our daily bread. So there is an apportionment of God in terms of responsibility that he wants to entrust to his people and we couch that or we, we, we know that or we find that out in prayer. So when you are praying, you are doing a number of things. Remember, I said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Matthew 6, 9. So when you come to him and you finish as all you do, you are even asking for anything. Okay, so after I finish, let, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Okay, God, what is now my responsibility in this matter for today? Because every single day, there is a communication of God to you for that day. Whether you are aware of it or not, it is there. So when you pray, you are praying to find out what is it for me today. It's when you begin that God will not tell you ahead. Today, as you are going out, you will meet a madman. Lay hands. In your office today, say this, do this. It happens. Some of you have had that kind of experience before, haven't you? But it needs you to be deliberate about waking up here for the day. And not wait, cannot sleep till 9 a.m. You're working, you, you, you are meant to be in the office by, by 9. You now sleep till 7 30. You don't wake up and bath and shut up. Run. Say, God, I commit today to you. Help me, help me, bless me, bless me. Father, I thank you for just to pray. Amen. <laughs> Wise men know that. You need to go and find out before it is done what your responsibility for that day is. And that's why Jesus, although he had a very busy life, engaged money, the moment people see him, they will start following crowds, mammoth crowds will gather around him. But he knew that long before, the, long before people wake up, let me go and find out what I should do. Hallelujah. So I will know how to set my coordinates. I will know how to move. I will know where to go. I will know what to do. I will know how to speak and how to respond. Sometimes you know, God has told you just today the Pharisees will come and meet you. They ask you this rubbish question. This is how to respond. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Many of us are entrapped with difficult circumstances because it's, 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 it's on the time the difficulty is coming that you are aware of it. How terrible it is to live that way. Hallelujah. Give us this day our what? I say that forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now Paul says 1 Timothy 2. 1 Timothy 2, he said, Therefore I would love all men to lift up early hand in prayer without wrath, without anger or doubting. Now there is there is something about prayer when there is anger or wrath in your heart. It doesn't let it ascend. Praise God. Now Jesus told the story, a parable about an unmerciful servant whom the master had forgiven him of so much. We don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to delve into that story in detail. But then he saw a fellow servant of his who owed him just a little, literally like a pickle of the, of the amount he was forgiven of. And he caused him to be arrested and put in prison. It was within his power to do that because he was owed. But considering how much he had been forgiven, Many of you think that the people you need to forgive, deserve, they, need to deserve, they don't need to deserve it. You didn't deserve your forgiveness. So this person, they think they have done me. I can never forgive. Ah, uh-huh. Forgive us our trespasses as we, as we, what happened to that man who was, who, 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 decided, who the master initially let off? The master said, where are you come, you, you must pay me back. prayer. Who taught us this way? Jesus. You can't. So, now let me say this as well. Forgiveness is not so much as, as for the person as it is for you. Because if you stay in unforgiveness, these are things that occur or that happen to you. First of all, your mind will always be on that evil negativity. You will not be able to look forward in the newness of life. That's one. Your mind is always behind. Not forward. Number two is it is in you that all the negativity and the bitterness and all the bile exists. You are the warehouse of the poison. And who does who would the poison kill you? Do you understand? You are holding on to something, you are not letting go. How will you be able to receive new things? Hallelujah. And you know how many times you want to forgive? 70 times, seven daily. Daily. So you, that, that person will have to be senior brother to the devil to have the capacity to offend you that many times. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 It's for your sake you forgive. You forgive, you let go. Just as God in Christ forgave you. Let's just read the scripture. Um, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you 
with all malice and be kind to one another and tender-hearted forgiving one another just as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you the NIV says for just as God in Christ forgave you so what are the things to put off bitterness wrath anger clamor evil speaking all kinds of malice. Malice is a hydra header. It has different, it takes different forms. Hallelujah. Something good is happening for someone. You now start feeling bad. You have, malice is not when you don't talk to someone. That is a form of malice. But having a certain level of animosity is also malice. So malice is expressed in different. That's why the Bible says all kinds of malice. And you will not be angry if Mazungabo becomes a billionaire, if Mazungabo makes one billion. Well, how will you feel if, if your next door neighbor becomes a billionaire? How will you feel? Hallelujah. But remember, forgive us our trespasses even as we forgive those. Who so, will people trespass against you? Yes. Man in his nature was created imperfect. James says, we all fall, we all stumble. I mean, we are just imperfect beings. Hallelujah imperfect so somebody is passing you didn't even know you were there not greet you say this person did not greet me today Sir, we are all imperfect it's even because of your imperfection you have condensed that you have, you have condensed the imperfection of that person you understand so if you want to hold all of you will, you will just be a very terrible person praise god and our prayers must rise to him as sweet incense. The moment you add bitterness there, it becomes evil. Do you understand? Quickly, I want to progress from here because we're, we're pretty out of time. It says, um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us up into temptation. Now, that scripture for, for a while seemed to be confusing for me as well, but thankfully we have um, you know, a lot of resources. And in, in 2019, um, the Pope, I'm going to lean to his definition now, um, you know, together with the, you know, the, the, the Episcopy decided, I agree, I agree with them as well. And that scripture doesn't necessarily mean lead us into temptation or say that because you have to balance scripture upon scripture, right? Because the Bible says in James that God doesn't, we say when anyone, you know, let, let no one say when he's tempted that God is tempting with evil, for God doesn't tempt any man with evil, but each one is tempted when, they are, when he is by his own laws run away and enticed. Praise God. And so when, when they juxtaposed, you know, the Aramaic and all the other texts that were used and the context of the speaking, they found out that it didn't mean it was, it's, it's rather, let us not go into temptation or prevent us from going into temptation. It's like, stop us, we are going, but stop us, constrain us, pull us back. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 10, 31, is it 1 Corinthians 10, rather 13, answers that, it says, for God is faithful, he will not allow us to be tempted beyond that which we can bear, but for every temptation, he is faithful to provide a way for us, or a way of escape, so that we'll be triumphant over it. But remember, God will not lead us, or let any, but you, 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 you can decide to go by yourself. Hallelujah. Solomon said, I look, I look out of my window, I saw a young man without descendants, walking on the streets toward the house of Hallows. You know, you knew what you, you know where you are going. Ah. We are going to the house of Hanukkah. We are saying, God, help me. Help me. Ah. You, are, you, are, you are frustrated as hell by your every step. 
Do you understand? Praise God. Hallelujah. Someone said, when he came to the devil, the instruction was resist the devil and you will flee from him. When he came to sexual immorality, say flee, run. This one, don't, 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 don't start, don't, don't fight this one. Just run. Flee. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he says, he says, deliver us from all evil. Now, let me say this within the context of the word evil. Some scripture says evil ones, some scripture says all evil. Now, there are two understandings which I'll explain, and they are very beneficial for us. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, it says, it says, it says, for for sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. Meaning, there is so much evil in every day. That's what understanding. There is evil. Like every day has one fair allotment of evil. Just the same way the message of God and you every morning. Evil. It also, do you understand? Now, so when you say deliver us, you are also saying that God did, I don't know about the evil for today. Maybe somebody has woken up and, and it's now, I don't know. You know people, when you hear about the evils that, that go on in the world, you'll be thinking, how can somebody craft or imagine this kind of evil? Now you're saying to him, deliver us from, well, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from what? Evil. Then when you also mean leave us from the evil one, you're also referring to the person who is personified as the evil one, who is the devil. Praise God. So you, the devil also tries to trap and ensnare people. You're saying to God, deliver us from the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 And then the doxology. Praise God. I'm sure you guys are aware, or maybe not, of what the doxology means. It's, it's some sort of like... Uh, that salutation that is praise, a praise salutation, that kind of thing. It says, for yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever and ever. So we're saying, God, we recognize and we know that you have power to deliver us from the evil one and to prevent us from going into temptation because yours is the kingdom, yours is the power you have. Do you understand? The kingdom, the power, the glory. I can break this down. That's the whole new teaching we have. We don't have time. We run out of time. Praise God. But you must understand that God has the power. So don't just go struggling through evil alone, or through trials, or through temptations, or through any difficulty by yourself. You have a God who has all the power and who can. But the thing is, he will not intervene to do it because you are a sovereign being. He will not superimpose his will or his ability on you. You must give him the permission to do that. Praise God. And that's one of the reasons we pray. To give God the permission to intervene. The prayer, one of the things prayer is, 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 is earthly authorization for heavenly intervention. So even if you are in evil or you are in captivity of sin, you must ask him to come deliver you. Otherwise, you're going to say, well, he has not asked you to come now. Do you understand? So God's intervention will be maybe illegal. Do you understand what I mean? So you must ask, you must say, deliver me from the evil one. Do not let me go into temptation. Deliver me from evil. Although he has all the power, although his is the kingdom, although he has all the glory, but you must say to him to deliver. 
Him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, it is God's desire that when we begin to pray, we, we, we start countenancing all of these things. You see, your prayer is 10 minutes because you are not following the protocol of prayer. There is no way you will pray 10 minutes if you countenance everything. One hour will be small. You are probably not going to be in your kingdom come when one hour 30 minutes has come by you. Do you know something? It's got to think prayer is a need-based exercise. Just come talking you. Where, where is your need in this prayer? It's because you know you think prayer is an avenue to one. Just go to the king of the one and collect the That's why I think that I've prayed and you, you what you did was just to go and ask. You didn't you didn't you didn't really engage what we know as prayer. Praise God. God is taking for people who will pray. Who will be concerned about the need of his kingdom. They will take their positions as what he made them to be and what he created them for, to pray and pray indeed. Not that we engage in enterprise as we want to engage it, but as it was created to be engaged. So that we do not live life without results, as though we never had a massive need for prayer. But we live life with the full result and full dividends that God desired prayer should afford us. The reason Jesus was able to heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils was because he knew that it was within the ambit of the will of the Father to do that for those days. All those were discoverable through prayer. He knew that if he did that, the kingdom of God, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, do all these mighty things among you, it means that the kingdom of God, so he's doing that was not for any reason apart from the kingdom of God. People are praying for power to work miracles, heal the sick and raise the dead, not for the kingdom, but for themselves. And that's why you will not Say, God, I went 40 days. That's your business. If you are concerned about the kingdom, you will see an immediate deluge. Hallelujah. For the kingdom. For the kingdom. How many of you guys have this afternoon? Can we just begin to pray and just, you know, begin to speak to God? First, thank you for the word you have heard. Thank him for the entrance of his word that brings light and illumination to you. We're going to speak to him. Thank him, Lord. We're thankful. Lord, we appreciate you for every single deposit of your word towards this afternoon. Everything you have taught us. Everything you have instructed our hearts with. Everything we have learned. Everything we have come to know and come to understand. Lord, we thank you. Jesus Christ. Begin to speak to him as the word concerns you. Every single aspect of the word that may concern you. Speak to him about it. You may have lived your life without countenancing the things he wants you to countenance for prayer. But now you know, now you have been made aware. Can you speak to him and ask him for grace? 
to recognize him for who he is your father you can ask him that Lord let the revelation of your fatherhood be amplified for me in the name of Jesus let me know you indeed and believe on you as my father because the moment you know him as your father there are certain possibilities that become alive in your heart certain things that you know will be available to you simply because he's your father and you ask him saying that Lord let the revelation of your fatherhood be amplified in my heart like never before it was because of that revelation that Jesus knew that he would always be heard when he prayed some of us by virtue of our culturing and our upbringing we have not been able to really enjoy what it means for fatherhood I can tell you that the best of our fathers are wicked in comparison to the fatherhood of God. Jesus said, if you then being evil, being wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your heavenly father in heaven? The fatherhood of God far supersedes the joy, the love, the experience of any earthly fatherhood. Parakwale Garigadosh. Lord that your fatherhood will be amplified in my heart the revelation of your fatherhood I would not leave this life as though I were an orphan or as though I didn't have a father but I would live knowing fully well who my father is the one in heaven, my good, good father, the one who gives good gifts, the one with whom there is no variableness, neither any shadow of turning. That your fatherhood, your fatherhood, your fatherhood, we will be amplified in my heart. The revelation that I will know you as my father. That I will know you as my father. That I will know you as my father. It's when we know him as our father that we can sufficiently communicate his fatherhood to other people. If the revelation of him as our father is lacking in our lives, it will also show in the expression of the fatherhood of God to other people. Many of us have not known the Father and that's why it is difficult for us to say to other people about the Father. Because Lord, we were speaking about Him of whom we do not know. But Lord, we pray that the revelation of You as our Father will be amplified in our hearts. That indeed we will know You as our Father. Indeed we will know You as our Father. Indeed we will countenance the realm of Your operation, our Father who art in heaven. That we will know the realm with which you operate. We will know the protocols of that kingdom. We will know and learn every time how to approach you with thanksgiving. And how to enter into your courts with praise. Teach our hearts that wisdom. Teach our hearts that The protocols that we need to engage with in your courts.